Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Electric Leftovers. My name is Jason. This is episode 373. It's another early morning episode. Not as early as that last one, though. Uh, that was rough, but not too bad today. How are you? Uh, I'm excited to announce that um, on this week's episode of the show, we're going to look at Dear Esther, which is, a, I would say, a, a, a game-changing game for your old pal Jason. First game of its type that I ever played. And I've played several, and we are currently streaming one, even. Uh, very similar to this. It's a great game. Happy to talk about it. Uh, we're going to read some Deadpool reviews. We're going to listen to some music from Dear Esther. And we're going to um, do some weird news, of course. And there's uh, content in one of the stories that they think we need to be made aware of. That's exciting, isn't it? Uh, let's see. We've been uploading some final... Well making public some Final Fantasy VII over on the YouTube. You want to check that out. We got some new soundtracks over at the Soundtrack channel and old episodes of the podcast going up on the podcast channel. And um, also over on the Jason's Groove Machine regular old channel, we've got the latest videos of Ether One, which uh, you want to check them out. Please feel free. Uh, we're having fun with that game. It's not quite as a, I don't, I don't know, stoic as Dear Esther is, I guess. It's a much more goofy playthrough, but, you know, I think it's gonna be fine. Uh, anything else? Nope, I think that's it. Let's move on. Dear Esther is a first-person ghost story. Rather than traditional gameplay, the focus here is on exploration, uncovering the mystery of a lonely island, of who you are and why you are here. Fragments of story are randomly uncovered when exploring the various locations of the island, making each journey a unique experience. 
That's it. This is Dear Esther, developed and published by the Chinese Room for the PC, released in 2012. And uh, this latest version, because I did the original, uh, we've got the landmark version, which is the updated, you know, slightly nicer graphics, slightly nicer music, all this other kind of stuff. Uh, it came out sometime later, because I believe the original was 2007-ish, something like that. Anyway, and yeah, that's it. It's just first person, you walk around the island, finding things, re uh, revisiting memories when you find things, and um, you build the story from there, because not every memory appears in the same place in the same order. So you might look at a, a, a bucket, and our, our narrator will say something about a car. And the next time you play, you might look at the same bucket and you might say something about a treehouse or, you know, something like that. And I think when we streamed this, because I'm pretty sure we streamed this, um, there was one I missed. I missed one memory, but that's okay. You can still kind of piece together what's going on with it. Uh, I think it's a wonderful game. Absolutely fantastic. I do wish it had a little more replayability, but, you know. It's still good. Would 110% recommend this game to anybody who likes this kind of thing.
Did I? No, I didn't. I didn't get us to where the thing is. Poll of the day. Would you rather be rich or famous? Well, I'm already famous. Can't you tell? This show gets like five ep five listens an episode. Um, I, think, I think that. Too late. I'm already both rich and famous. Say 53 people. One of them. Officil. That's right. Anyway, here's some reviews. I'm a lot. GameSpot review, 404 not found. Uh, let's see. Horror Spooky gave it an 8 in a detailed review. And, uh, that's it. Let's take this one. This one. Better do another one. Let's do this one. Uh, none of these appear to be for the PC version, which is the version I played, but PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. Starting with Dr. Dreads in 2014, where's my chimichangas? Even for a game starring Deadpool, it could have done so much better. I will admit I was really excited for the game. I'm a huge fan of Deadpool. His comics are hilarious. His performance in Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions was funny that I thought making it my favorite level in the game. I still remember at Comic-Con 2013 where he crashes the Marvel game panel show, uh, panel and show the trailer. This game got me laughing like no other. These are all sentences. Nolan North's performance was top-notch most of the time. Deadpool would go ahead and break the fourth wall many times. But so far, the voice acting and the jokes are pretty much the good part about the game. The graphics are decent and the character models are great, but the level design are just boring and unexciting. And I never really want to replay many of the missions as much. The game is repetitive, feels easy most of the time, and can get boring. It's basically a hack and slash with no challenge. The enemies in the game are pretty much the same person and you'll see them throughout the whole game. You could go around slashing bad guys and or using guns at times. After defeating them, they drop coins so you can upgrade for certain skills, melee weapons, or, and guns. The camera is not the greatest. Most time it feels floaty and can be a pain while fighting enemies. The only bit of hard part of the game is some of the bosses when I don't know what to do at first. The game can be too easy at times. You could take out a mini boss with just guns. Just like Batman Arkham Asylum, it has challenge maps. But after playing most of the story, I haven't got that into it and made me got tired of it. Overall, a game like this, even with Deadpool cracking jokes and messing around, it could have been so much better. That's why I'm giving Deadpool a 6 out of 10. It's spot on with its voice acting and the humor, but the gameplay is way too repetitive and doesn't give any much of a challenge. With boring level design and seeing the same bad guys over and over again, theirs could have been so much more the High Moon Studios could put in the game. I would say so to a sequel. I just hope the kick it up a notch next time. Rating 6. Well, Dr. Dread, I appreciate your input and giving me plenty of time to inhale. Oh, God. Uh, Bruce... Beer TJE in 2006 says, The Bruce Beer TJE says, 
screwed that up, didn't I? Incredibly flawed game, but I still found myself enjoying... I, I still find myself enjoying the game more as I progressed. That's the clash of the tenses. More than in the film, it becomes apparent very quickly that Wade Wilson, a.k.a. Deadpool, is utterly insane. He drives everyone crazy, including his own, own friends like Cable. Are they friends? The way it is done in the game is quite hilarious. There are some real moments that you could describe as genuine and typical Deadpool moments. This guy has the same problem as Dr. Dredd's, but he's just a massive wall of text. Uh, not all of these moments have the desired impact, but seeing how they have been blended in with the gameplay, I certainly found them to be the highlights of the game. Oh, well, that was an okay sentence. Because the gameplay itself, unfortunate... Uh, excuse me, I read that wrong? I read it as if there was a comma there. There is not. Are there any commas in this? No, there is not a single comma in this review. Oh boy. <clears throat> because the gameplay itself, unfortunately, is a little standard hack and slash stuff. For the most part, very repetitive with very little variation in enemy types. All of the bosses can be defeated in the same fashion. And you will have to since they will come at you over and over again. And the last chapter becomes even more outrageous because the number of the clones and the bosses are almost multiplied infinitely compared to previous levels. Especially when trying to defeat the final boss, Sinister. He sends you clones of himself in waves with characteristics of the few enemy types you have encountered again and again. If the controls were tight like in the original Devil May Cry games, then I would have no issue facing them. Actually, then I... Excuse me, I read it like there was a comma. Actually, then I would embrace them. But then there is also the camera to deal with. It's a real pain in the rear. Period. Space. Parenthesis. No capital. Please read the original review on my website for the words I used originally. Period. End parenthesis. Why just copy and paste that one, man? If you already did it. If you already did it. Even when pulling some of the nice combos the minute I pressed the teleport slash counter button, the camera went crazy on me. Consequence is that you lose sight of the enemies you were facing and they always manage to get the advantage on you. To make matters worse, once you are overwhelmed by the enemies, your health bar decreases incredibly fast. That probably is true. Uh, now I know what you were thinking that with Deadpool's healing ability, that should not be so problematic. Well, it is. Oh, there's one comma hidden, hidden right after that. Well, because if you, because you will die if you don't retreat yourself from the enemies. It takes quite some time for the health to regenerate. Of course I understand that this mechanic has to be in the game since not dying would make it a little boring. Although the contrast with the Deadpool in the cutscenes is huge. Often is shown how Deadpool's head gets shot off or how his body gets split in two yet manages to crack jokes like there is no tomorrow. But when facing some generic goons he can die from just a few hits and shots. A little peculiar if you ask me. While the strategy to defeat the bosses usually is pretty straightforward, it can become a little tedious if you have neglected to upgrade your weapons and skills. I really need Microsoft Sam for this. It does pay off to collect as many coins as possible since unlocking the weapons and skills do make the difference, and having more options does increase the fun considerably. You can earn more coins by doing the challenges and replaying the chapters you already finished. It's good that they added this feature since this way I was able to experience some funny sequences in Deadpool's apartment I skipped on by leaving without exploring all of it fully. I only wish the developers would have done more to make replaying these chapters fun. Most of the time there is not that much to discover. 
you can't break boxes and furniture and there aren't that many objects to interact with outside the main game. I quite enjoyed the bios of the comic book characters I came across and would have loved to find more of them hidden in the game. Come to think of it, I would have loved to have more interaction with the characters you meet in the game, or maybe even play as them in bonus missions or side quests. For the most part, Deadpool game is quite fun, but you will have to endure some TDM in the beginning since the level and gameplay design is average. Later on, this does improve considerably. Granted, if you take the time to upgrade your character, I do think you will have to love the character and the type of humor that is attached to Deadpool. Otherwise, you will have a hard time liking this game and you won't have any reason to keep playing. Rating 7. Bruce's website, uh, Bruce Beer, TJE, his website is Crichton's World. The place for truth, entertainment, and the good life. I don't think this is his website. I think he contributed a review to this. Because this looks very... Review of Netflix Originals, there's a newsletter. Review Man on Fire, 1987, adequate but doesn't come close to the Tony Scott remake. Uh, review of Fortress, Review of Ghost Rider, Review of Naked Soldier. List non-MCU Marvel films. Review Reanimator, City on Fire. Tomorrow. Man on Fire's a. Is it originally a. No, I think it's something else. Anyway, uh. Honest Reviews, Films, TV Shows, Video Games. This might be. This might be him. 527,000 page views. His, his formatting is odd. Oh, God. That's horrible. Mainstream Asian cinema, martial arts, and cult film. Yeah, okay. Yeah, a lot of Hong Kong film. Oh, Run Run Shaw Brothers films. Okay, this might be alright. I do like the Shaw Brothers. God, there's so many movies. Hundreds. Hundreds. Hundreds in one year. 1972. God, so many movies. Um, we'll get back to Deadpool in a minute. Uh, Shaw Brothers Studios, Run Run Shaw, uh, made... They were kind of like the first, like, real, like, we are making a, a career out of doing kung fu movies, like martial arts movies. And when you think of, like... If, if you imagine a, a kind of cheesy-looking kung fu movie where, where there's a rhythm to the fight scenes, like, bah, bah. Every bite has a thing. Every beat, there's a punch. And then you hit, you stop, you do a thing, you get that kind of, you know. It's it's probably a, a movie from the Shaw Brothers studio. They're great. They're phenomenally good. Because they, they were using martial artists as actors instead of the other way around, which was kind of a new thing. Uh, started in 1951. Last thing he's got listed on here was 2011. That's a long time. 
long time. Let's put that away. Uh, we have one more review. This is from Mithrandir88, also in 2014. And they say, this game is really for fans of Deadpool. I would imagine so, since it is a Deadpool game. Uh, Deadpool the Game Review. That's how it starts. And uh, the attempt here is to give you a very brief understanding of this game without giving away any major plot detail details or making you read an essay. Well, thank you for the reading part. Uh, really? You have to not. What spoilers could there be in a Deadpool video game? Gameplay. I found the game to be fun. The choice of weapons and the strategies you can come with up with are nice. Personally, I found the teleport function to be well implemented into the fighting mechanics. I don't remember that at all. Uh, the controls felt responsive and I encountered no glitches on my playthrough. This is a typical hack and slash game that you can convert to a third person shooter mid-attack. They also find time to joke, uh, to poke fun at some 2D games as well. Excuse me. Graphics. It could be argued that the visuals in this game were poor. I found that not to be the case. Everything I saw was nicely rendered. I'll admit some environments were a little boring, but the, there was never a case of last-gen graphics. Some of the cutscenes are well and very nicely done and just funny to watch. Story? Ha! There is no story. Why were you so concerned about giving away plot details? Um, anyone familiar with the Deadpool franchise would understand why that is. Anytime there is a hint of a story, usually from Cable, Deadpool quickly goes off on a tangent to distract from any progress of a story. With that said, there's still an understood pacing to the events that lead you up to the end fight. Length. The length of the game I felt was adequate to the pacing of the game. It's short, but I didn't feel it was too short. You could knock this out on a weekend if you wanted to. I think it took me around 10-ish hours to complete with very little exploring. Final thoughts. This game is one of those interesting titles that really appeals to a niche market. If you're like me, a fan of Deadpool with knowledge of the characters' backgrounds, this game will be enjoyable and good for a few more plays. The essence of Deadpool is captured very well in this game. His interactions with Cable are funny. His lack of respect for the other characters and flirting with any female present. On the flip side, if you're not really a fan of him, well, this game will most likely confuse you. It will be good for some trophy hunters, but I would rent it as opposed to buy it. And Mythrandir88 gave it an 8. <clears throat> That's just about where most of the other reviews fall in that 6, 7, 8. There's nothing higher than an 8. There's nothing lower than a 6. So, yeah. And you know what? I think I can agree with that. I never cared much for comic books uh, when I was a kid. Um, I had a couple... Like, like uh, a Wolverine and a, like a New Mutants, maybe. Um, I remember having a Donald Duck comic book when I was a real little kid. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, don't really care for comic books, comic book characters all that much. Unless it's Batman. I like Batman. Because, yeah, we won't get into that. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I went into this game knowing damn little about Deadpool, and I had a good time playing it. I went into this game playing a hack and slash game. I don't usually play those. I had a good time playing it. It was a fun game. Uh, it was funny. Uh, the action was fine. The graphics were fine. Not a big fan of the music. It was uh, not produced very well. That It could have been more enjoyable for me had it been produced better. And trying to find music to put in the show last week was not exactly pleasant for me. Um, I think it's a fine game. If you like hack and slash games, you know, you're, you're a Dark Souls-esque 
Devil May Cry-esque kind of games, uh, give this a try. I don't know that you'll love it as much as you might those others, but it also doesn't take itself nearly as seriously as other games.
I spoiled it earlier when I said uh, we had an editor's note. Uh, content in the Bright Ideas item. That's nothing. That's nothing. Our lead story can't possibly be true, ladies and gentlemen. A newly released port from the UK's Air Accidents Investigation Branch, the ABE, has determined that an in-flight incident on July 29th, 2022 could have turned out very different, CNN reported. On that day, a flying instructor slumped over on a pilot's shoulder as they flew a small plane above Lancashire, England. The pilot, who had asked the instructor to accompany him because of wind conditions that day, thought his cohort was, quote, just pretending to take a nap as a joke. But after landing the plane, he realized the instructor had died. The reporter noted that uh, the report, excuse me, noted that the instructor lightly quote, suffered a cardiac arrest as the aircraft took off. Why can't that possibly be true? Unclear on the concept. Uh, news of the weird. That that's it. Unclear on the concept. We might we might move over to Oddity Central for our news from now on. Fewer stories, but hopefully better stories. I don't know. Neurosurgeon Charlie Teo, 65, appeared before Australia's Healthcare Complaints Commission, the Ah in February to defend himself against charges relating to a brain tumor surgery he performed on a woman, ABC News reported. Quote, I took out too much. I took out the wrong bit of the frontal lobe, Teo said. Quote, I actually didn't know at the time. I'm learning from this case. It wasn't negligence, maybe some ignorance on my behalf. The woman was left in a vegetative state and died several weeks later. Teo said one of the complaints against him had been hoodwinked and coerced. The complainants, excuse me, had been hoodwinked and coerced into filing the charges by Teo's enemies. Quote, I did the wrong thing. Was that my intention? Absolutely not, he said. Two, two things you never want to hear from your doctor. One of them is, oops. The other one is, ah. That was an oops moment. Here's our least competent criminal. Kanisha Main Monago. Monago. Yeah, we'll go with Monago. 28 of Kershaw, South Carolina, got a special delivery on February 13th, but it wasn't from Amazon. WHNS-TV reported that the Lancaster County Sheriff's Office were tipped off about a package coming Monongo's way with valuable contents. Two large bricks of cocaine weighing over six pounds. Total or each, it doesn't say. Working with other agencies, an undercover agent delivered the box to Monago's home and then watched as she stored it in her car and started to drive away. That's when she was arrested. Sheriff Barry Fail said the cocaine had a street value of more than $180,000. Thanks to all who participated, it will never hit the street, he said, adding the packaged was shipped from outside the United States. Adding the packaged. What I said about editing. Do as I say, not as I do. Government in action. On January 19th in Austin, Texas, Chris Newby was sleeping when, quote, the whole house shook, he said. Sounds like a plane hit the house. Instead, according to KXAN-TV, it was a car. An impaired driver barreled through Newby's spare bedroom wall. The entire room was just crunched, he said. Ten days later, Newby received a letter from the city informing him that he was in violations of two codes. Quote, 
One for having a hole in my house and one for having no window, Newby said. The letter was dated the day of the crash and stipulated that he had 30 days to get repairs completed or face fines of up to $4,000 a day. It felt tone deaf to me, he said. I'm in violation for being a victim. Well, you are in Texas. But Matthew Noriega, division manager at the code department, said Newby has time. If an extension is needed, we will give them that extension, he clarified. Still, Newby said Austin feels a little less like home every day. And then they have typed out the words, sad emoji. That ain't gonna, it's gonna take you more than a month just to get the insurance sorted on that. Insurance does not move at the speed of anything. It doesn't move. Insurance is, is a solid fixed point and the universe moves around it. Have you ever had to get anything done with insurance on this kind of stuff? Somebody backed into the fence at, at the cemetery a year ago. Insurance has not done anything about it. Well, we need a police report. So we sent it. We need pictures. So we sent them. Well, we need to get a police report from the police. Why? It's the same thing. Well, we just need them to do it. Okay. So they did it. And that was seven months ago. Nothing. It was like a $13,000 repair bill. And the dude driving who backed into it, drunk, no license. Their vehicle wasn't registered. In Florida, the state Senate Democratic leader and canine fun ruiner Lauren Book filed a piece of legislation that would make it illegal to let a dog extend its head or any body part outside a moving car window, WTSP TV reported on February 21st. The bill has other pet-related provisions relating to animal safety, including prohibiting pets riding in open beds of pickups and drivers holding a dog in their lap. If the bill passed, it will become law on July 1st. That is a dumb law. Like, some of it I get. Like, don't don't put a dog on your lap while you're driving. But dogs in backs of trucks, dogs sticking their heads out the window, that's fine. Just let them do it. The dog in the back of the truck is probably safer than the idiot driving. Here's some weird science. Just looking for a few minutes of peace and quiet? Well, you might be st- tempted to step inside the an echoic chamber at Microsoft headquarters in Redmond, Washington, Oddity Central reported. However, even if you were allowed to try, you might find it unbearable. The world's quietest place at negative 20.3 decibels. Uh, Calm breathing clocks in at 10. As one enters the room, one immediately feels a strange and unique sensation which is hard to describe, said Hundraj Gopal, a speech and hearing scientist who helped design the chamber. When you turn your head, you can hear the motion. The longest continuous time anyone has spent inside the chamber is 55 minutes, Gopal said. Microsoft uses the room to test microphones, receivers, headphones, and speakers. Oh, that's good. I would try it. I just read... No. No, it was a video. Um, what's the dude's name? Cage? I need to look now. Uh, yes, John Cage. John Cage is the composer who wrote that piece that was just silence. Um, whatever it was, like, uh, 247, whatever it was called, I don't remember for sure. But he got the idea from going into a chamber like that. You can hear 
like the blood move through you. I'd try it. I think it'd be fun. Uh, here's a story of awesome. When friends presented tattoo artist Karen Green with a brand new iPhone in 2007, she never even opened the box, CNN reported. She had recently upgraded her unsmartphone and didn't want to switch carriers. Quote, and I figured it's an iPhone, so it'll never go out of date, Green said, proving that she's a moron. On February 19th, Green's still shrink-wrapped first edition iPhone sold for more than $63,000 through an online auction with Louisiana-based LCG Auctions. Featuring a 2-megapixel camera and sharp corners front and back, the phone sold originally for $599. Green will use the funds to support her tattoo business. Okay. somehow found a way to make a thing that should not be that expensive even more expensive. Not a fetish, ladies and gentlemen. Don't call, oh boy, a cash Majumdar's attraction to balloons a fetish. The 28-year-old resident of Mumbai, India, identifies as objectum sexual, meaning he's attracted to inanimate objects, but not just sexually. News.com.au reported on February 16th that, uh, Majumdar wakes up every morning and makes out with his balloons, which he sleeps besides. Quote, I like their presence and warmth and share intimate feelings with my balloons and vice versa, he said. When you're in love, you spend a lot of time together and accept all kinds of flaws. Of course, being balloons, they're vulnerable. One day while inflating a few balloons with a pump, a balloon got popped, he said. I cried for the loss, and after that, I became more careful. Their presence and warmth. Don't think he means like physical, radiant con- convection, you know. Great art. Nick Storberl, 33, was awarded a Guinness World Record in 2012 for the male with the longest tongue, 3.97 inches. UPI Re- uh, International reported. United Press International is what I meant to say. Now he's putting it to good use. I really doubt that. Stolberl, who's been dubbed Licasso, is making paintings with his organ, selling them up for $1,200 each. Yeah, good use. Sure. The California man said he wraps his tongue in plastic wrap first, then plies his art on canvas. Why not express myself through that medium? He asked. No one's telling you you can't. Bob Ross, you a not. Here's a bright idea. Here's the one that's got a content. Do you want to see what they decided was a... It's not the balloon guy. It's not the guy painting with his tongue. Post-COVID, carnival parades have resumed in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, and one unnamed man was ready to party. I'm thinking that they said P-A-R hyphen T-A-Y is the reason for the editor's note. Uh, But the Daily Mail reported on February 19th, military police arrested a man wearing a seven-foot-tall penis costume and flip-flops. He had allegedly been chasing women in the city center and, quote, acting suspiciously. That's the story. There's a note for that. We've had worse things. No note. News that sounds like a joke. Oh, to never be a teenager again. Around 1 a.m. on February 20th, a homeowner at Center Reach, New York, heard loud noises coming from his yard, Fox News reported. His surveillance uh, video showed six people kicking down several sections of his fence. About three hours later, the suspects, aged 12 to 18, returned and ran through the fence together, apparently in completion of a TikTok challenging challenge, excuse me, mimicking the Kool-Aid man. 
Officers caught up with the kids around 4.15 a.m. and charged them with several counts of criminal mischief. Some of them had also destroyed fences in other parts of Suffolk County. You dumb. You dumb, children. Children are dumb. Look, this is a problem. This is... I have no children. Thank God, right? The world collective sigh of relief. But here's the thing. I don't have children, but I'm all for like, you gotta raise my taxes to get schools? Do it. You know why? Because these kids kicking down the fence, pretending they're Kool-Aid Bam, that's who's gonna take care of us when everybody my age is old. Do you want them taking care of you? No, you want smart kids taking care of you. Damn right.
come back. Ladies, gentlemen, all others, welcome to the end of the show. Thank you very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show this week. Uh, we sure did have a time, didn't we? We always have a time. It's, you know, it's not much of a time, but you can't argue that it's not a time. If you do, I, I really have no uh, recourse. Uh, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please consider giving us a rating, a like, a subscribe, whatever, where you get your podcasts. It does help people find the show and share the show with somebody. Maybe you've got somebody who's like, I don't know about this Deadpool guy. If only there were somebody who would read a review of a video game about him on the internet that I could listen to and make up my mind. Let me be that guy. Okay. Okay. Uh, follow me on YouTube, Jason's Groove Machine. And Twitch at Jason's Groove Machine. You can find the podcast on YouTube now at Electric Leftovers Podcast. And soundtracks for some of the games we played, which uh, the last one that got uploaded uh, was Eight Doors. Uh, you can check that out at Groove Machine Soundtracks, also on YouTube. Um, we'll be back streaming again. I think we're half-ish way done with Ether One right now, and... Um, I'm looking for something to stream after this, and we've been doing a kind of slow-paced, heavy plot stuff for a little while. So we're gonna we're gonna do some uh, actiony games before too long. So if you want to check some of that out, please find us on Twitch and uh, follow along there. And if you would like to support the show by uh, buying me a coffee, you can do that. Visit buymeacoffee.com/electricleft. Can buy me a coffee. Um, have a have a special thing coming up. It didn't get to happen when we wanted it to initially, but there is a special thing coming up for the show, and hopefully we can do it before my trial of the new Hindenburg Pro expires. Because oh, it'd be so easy to record it with this. So easy. This is what your buy me a coffee could do. Get me some really good software. Anyway, thanks everybody. Mm-hmm.